Hey, good morning, everybody. Oh, you guys are great. I was uh, singing too loud. I realized I didn't have any water. I had to run down and grab some water. So I'm a little out of breath, but that's fine. I have to start with a confession today. So um, I don't play golf much, but I did play this, this weekend. I played in a golf tournament with actually all the staff played in a Young Life golf tournament. And I was driving, and we had an unfortunate little accident, and our cart tipped over. And I would love to say, like, there was a baby in the way, or like a deer came across the thing. But really, I saw a sprinkler that I wanted to drive through. I just turned too quickly. And, um, and uh, Joe, our executive pastor, was next to me, and so he took the brunt of me and everything. So you can be praying for him if you see him today. Just shake your, his head, just be praying for him that he has to deal with me, not just in that, but in lots of other kind of areas. Um, it's great, great, great to see you. I've used this illustration before, but I think it's, I think it's good, so I'm going to use it again. When I was a kid, I had this little uh, Matchbox car track that actually had like a little car wash in the middle, and the car wash had these brushes that moved with a battery, and so what happened is if you tossed a car in there, it would spin the car out to the track and then kind of come around and then hit that again and gain momentum. And, uh, you know, we think the church is a family. But, when, but what I hope this service of church is on a Sunday is kind of that, is that uh, not, not just that something that could come in and suck everything in and hold on tight, but as you kind of come coasting into this, into this Sunday, whether you're just down spiritually or emotionally or just uh, physically kind of beat down, whatever that that today wouldn't, uh, wouldn't kind of slow you down, but it would spit you out kind of back into your world to deal with all the different things you're going to deal with, and then that you'd coast around and, and be able to kind of come here again. And, and as I say that, I, some of you, that's a weekly thing, and some of you, it's season. Some of you, for, for some of you, maybe it's just been a long season of kind of being away and like slowly, slowly, slowly kind of finding your way back in summer or back into a, a fall rhythm where, whatever is going on in your life, we hope that today is that, is that charge of excitement and encouragement and energy to, to not just hold on to something intellectual, but actually that will spin you out in, in, with encouragement and love and joy into this world that, uh, and whatever awaits you um, next week. So uh, I grew up in Aurora. Actually, I kind of grew up all around Denver. My first, I was writing this down, it's weird to say now, uh, my first non-paperboy uh, job. Did anybody have a paperboy job when they were a kid? People were like, what's that? Like, people actually delivered papers. It was, like, so weird. Um, my first non-paperboy job was uh, I worked at Showbiz Pizza Place, and uh, it was great. I, I got my first paycheck, and um, maybe I was 15. I'm not sure. Uh, it was, like, 50-something dollars. And so, you know, contrary to all the financial guru's advice, and my apologies to Dave Ramsey, I went to the bank and cashed that check. I put that money in my wallet, and I'll never forget the feeling of walking into 7-Eleven and thinking this, I could buy anything in the store. <laughs> I never felt so powerful in my whole life. I had $50 cash, and so I wandered around. I'm looking, I could go, I, I could buy that. I could buy that. I could buy that. And uh, I settled um, this is, tells you a little bit about me. I settled on, uh, I thought, I'm just going to buy them out of all the individual Reese's peanut butter cups that they have in the store. So I literally grabbed the bucket from the shelf, went and just dumped them on the thing. I'm like, I want these. 
pulled my money out. You know, they're three cents a piece or whatever back then. It's weird, I still do the same thing, cash my check, go to 7-Eleven, get Reese's peanut butter cups. So if I get the big ones now, because I can. Uh, no, it's because of this, I learned my lesson that day. Well, not necessarily that day, but maybe the days following. You know, I, I went back to my room and I ate them all, like 15 minutes. It was great. It was a really great 15 minutes. And I woke up the next day and I didn't have my money, but I had like this pile of Reese's peanut butter cups trash and like can't wait for my next paycheck. And, and uh, I say that to say this, there's a huge difference between spending and investing, right? Like I, that, that's a spend. That, that was not, I was not investing in my future at all. That was just like, hey, I have this, I'm gonna spend it. And I'm gonna have nothing to show for it later. And uh, I, th- I think one of the things, one of the unfortunate side effects of COVID is remember when they said it was like three weeks, you know, and then it was like a little bit longer, a little bit longer. I, I think what has seeped in, at least in my life and maybe yours too, uh, the, the power of just holding on and getting through. Like, let me, I'm just gonna get through this week. I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna get through these next 10 days. You know, I'm just gonna get through this. Kind of, kind of during COVID, remember we like, couldn't make plans? for months in advance, what's, I don't know what's gonna happen in three months. And so life became a lot about just like, let's just get through today and see what happens tomorrow. There's some beauty of that. There's some beauty in like being able to say, hey, I'm just gonna be present in the moment. Well, I, what I think happens and, and what I'm afraid might happen is that, that we end up just spending our lives instead of investing our lives. Like, like just getting through our lives and actually, instead of actually saying, oh, I, I'm, I'm made to matter. I'm made to make a difference. And, and I want us to know today, we're made to matter. And you, it's not just because I say it, you know it's true, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. You remember, think, think about the last time you served someone selflessly. Think about the last time uh, that you had a meaningful conversation and a friend went away. Actually, you felt like you made a difference in, in that friend's life or the last time that you um, looked at somebody, you know, looked at a, a waitress at a restaurant or waiter at a restaurant and spoke their name and watched their eyes light up with value. We, we know what that feels like when we do those things, right? And uh, I, I think that's just an indication that we were created in the image of God and, and that's who God is. And so as we press into those things that actually matter, there's something about that that just comes alive in our hearts. And that's what we're gonna talk about today kind of the one sentence we're going to use today is just this sentence, that the infinite God partners with finite me to make an actual difference in the world. So typically what what happens in times like this, I'll say something like, I'll say like, hey, we're going to all say this together. So we say it together and then you guys say it like you're in church. Uh, And then we have to do it again. And so instead, we're just going to short, we're just going to go to the second one this time. Does that make sense? We're going to just say it like we actually might believe it or hold, or hold on to maybe that that could be true. So let's just all say that together on three. Ready, one, two, three, go. The infinite God. Nice, that's really, really good. And here's this cool thing. Um, it's true. It's really true. And, and here's what's cool about it. It, it doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. Doesn't matter how much past you have behind you. Doesn't matter 
the mistakes you made last week. And it really doesn't matter kind of where you're at in, in your relationship with Jesus in, in playing this all out. That's true about you. Um, that that's what God wants, he invites you to. And so we're just gonna pray and we're gonna open up the scripture and see what God has to say so we can all walk away. Because I, I think across this room, probably there's various levels of like, I believe that, I'm not sure about that. Or I, I, I might believe that, but I'm not sure how, what it looks like in my life. You know, there's a huge difference between being a believer and a Christ follower, right? Like being someone who just says, I believe in these things versus someone that actually walks out what it looks like to follow Jesus. And so we're just gonna press into what it looks like to follow Jesus today. Uh, let me pray and then we'll open up the scripture together. God. You are bigger and, uh, than I could describe. And we're going to open up a book that is written by you to tell your story in ways that we'll understand, but in ways that, uh, that can't ultimately explain an infinite God. So just ask that you would meet us here, that the, the person of your Holy Spirit would be our teacher today, that you would answer in all of us the question, why we're here in this place at this time, what you have for us, what you want us to know and what you want us to do about it. Thanks, God. So if you have your Bibles, if you brought your Bibles, we open up to Psalm 90. It's kind of in the middle, maybe a little bit towards the front of the middle. Psalm 90, big book in the middle of the Bible. Uh, if you didn't bring a Bible, grab one that's right around you. We think that, that interacting with God's word uh, brings, trans, brings about transformation for you exploring for yourself who he is. Um, that's one of the reasons I'm excited about next week. Actually, I'm excited about next week for a lot of reasons. Next week, we, are, we have one service outside, 10 o'clock. Uh, so you guys are great. You guys just do your normal thing. Do 10 o'clock people, just come normally. If you want to bring a blanket or a lawn chair to sit, to sit on, we'll have some chairs out, uh, but we'll be under the tree out there. We'll have some shade and uh, just have a... a Great time, normal service. Um, then that's next week. And also next week, uh, we are launch into, we're in this 7700 campaign, which is just a, a way that we're pressing these objectives to help us transform this world with the love of Jesus. And uh, one of those things is reading scripture together. And so next week, our scripture reading um, kicks off. And so in your programs, you'll see a QR code about that. And also, this is a QR code about that that will lead you to a Google form to sign up and get the prompts. And we're just going to read scripture together uh, between now and Christmas and uh, then be able to kind of talk about it, those kinds of things. So I encourage you to do that. That's next week. So Psalm 90. Sorry, I haven't turned to Psalm 90 yet. Let me, let me get back to that. Uh, 88. There it is. Close. Um, Psalm 90. It says this, a prayer of Moses, the man of God. So this Psalm, Psalm 90, is written by Moses. It's the only psalm written by Moses. It's the oldest psalm um, by a long shot. Uh, Moses is writing this. Moses of kind of Prince of Egypt fame. Moses uh, called of God to take the children of Israel, the nation of Israel, out of slavery in Egypt and bring them into the land that he promised. And so Moses does that. Moses follows what God wants him to do, calls the people, gets the people. They're following him. They get right to the place where they're getting ready to walk into the promised land and they're like, no, we're not doing that. It's too scary. And you know the hardest thing as a parent 
really the hardest thing as a grandparent is uh, when you really want to do something for your kid or your grandkid, and then they make a choice that makes what you want them to what you want to do for them impossible. It's like, oh gosh, I wanted so bad to go on an ice cream adventure with you today, but now I can't. I, I feel like that's what like God like has this, his children like getting ready to walk into the promised land, and they just say, no, that's too scary. That thing is bigger than you probably. And God's just like, oh man, I wanted you so bad to do that, and now I can't. So he's like, here's, here's the deal. You're going to wander in the desert till, till Moses, like, till your whole generation dies off. And, and then your children will be here, and your children will get what I was promising to you. I think that broke God's heart. So Moses, as he's writing this, I want you to just get this background so as we read it, you'll understand. Moses, as he's writing this, is just watching his entire generation die off one by one by one. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. There's probably not a day that goes by that Moses doesn't get a list of, of people that had passed away and they, I can't imagine what they would maybe gather and have some sort of a service and then pack up their camp and move and have the same thing happen the next day. And so just keep that in mind as, as we read this prayer of Moses. Here he says, oh, oh Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting. You are God. You turn people back to dust, saying, return to dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or a watch in the night. Yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They're like the new grass of the morning. In the morning it springs up new, but by evening it's dry and withered. They're consumed by your anger and terrified by your indignation. You set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in light of your presence. All our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our years with a moan. Our days will come 70 or 80. Strength endures, yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow. For they quickly pass as we fly away. If you only knew the power of your anger, the, your wrath is great as a fear that is due. Teach us to number our days that we might gain a heart of wisdom. Relent, O oh Lord, how long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad in our days. Make us glad for as many days as, we have, as you have afflicted us and as many years as we have seen trouble. May your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to their children. May the favor of the Lord God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. So we're talking about this idea that the infinite God partners with the finite me to make an actual difference in the world. And he begins this right off and he's like, hey God, you are infinite. He uses these phrases. You have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, you brought, before you brought, or you brought back forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. God is infinite. 
That's why the Bible uses so many names to kind of describe God and so many stories to kind of describe his character. It's like, it's like trying to describe the indescribable. Like he's this. Oh, and, and he's this. And, he, and he's also this. And, and he's this. And he's this. And he's that. And he's that. And all of these titles give us a more rounded or 3D kind of image of the character and nature of God just continues to try and tell us that. But ultimately, we have to recognize God is infinite, which is it's pretty cool that he cares about us. We'll get to that in just a minute. So um, there's this, this little principle God can kind of use anybody with anything, anywhere they have. And it comes from this verse in Judges. Uh, it says this, After Ehud came Shamgar, son of Anath, who struck down 600 Philistines with an ox goad, he too saved Israel. Now, here's, here's the Shamgar principle. God can do anything through anyone at any time with whatever they have. Let's, let's just go, let's go back to that verse in Judges. Look at this guy. Sham, let's, let's talk about Shamgar. It's mentioned twice in the Bible. Once, once it was just like in the days of Shamgar, something happened. So this is the only thing that tells his story. And what it's saying is that God took this guy, this random guy, with a three-foot pointed stick. That's like an ox goat. It's like a stick that you would just goad an ox with. Let's go, come on, let's go, pointed stick to kill 600 Philistines. And I love that little phrase at the end, he too saved Israel. Oh yeah, by the way, this. That, and I'm, just, I'm just looking like, all right, how did this happen? It's just like trying to figure out how in this world this could happen. Maybe if there's like a really long tunnel and the Philistines were just like standing in line and uh, there was like a pit on each side. And then like one by one, he's just like, stick, go, stick. Go. But even that, I mean, you, I could see six, 16, 600 is impossible, right? So we have to recognize that, that we have this infinite God that certainly can do anything through anyone with whatever you have. That's the Shamgar principle. God can do anything with anyone at any time with whatever you have. And we are finite. So, and he created us and made us unique. The, the uniqueness of God is that he's infinite. You know what the uniqueness of us is? The, us is, is that right? Our uniqueness is that we're finite. That, that, that we're good at some things and not good at others, that we have capacity to do this, but not this. You know, uh, the infinite God that made the sun and the moon and the stars loves us. Moses is writing how infinite God is, and then he's like, but he's praying to God. Like this cool thing, like, oh, you care for us. We matter. And then he made us unique. Our, our, our finiteness is our uniqueness. We're, we're just like this... Our, our finiteness is this unique recipe of who we are and how he's created us. And he's created us to transform our, to, to be transformed ourselves and to transform our world. That's how he's created us. And, and I think as kind of, we walk into this next idea of partnering with God to, trans, to transform our world. Um, there's lots of weirdness. If, if you grew up around church, there's lots of weirdness around this, of this idea because it comes with a lot of shame and guilt and obligation, comparison. 
And, and sometimes that is so thick, becomes mud that's so kind of thick uh, that it's really hard to overcome and to, to press back into the beauty of it, the incredibleness of it. This idea that we are agents of transformation. It's who we are. Jesus said this in Matthew. He said, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. And look at that beginning of that thing. You are, that's who you are. It doesn't say, please be. Try real hard to. Um, do me a favor and. Jesus is like, hey, here's who you are. Here's what it means to, here's what it means to be my follower is that you're connected with, with me. And when you connect with me, there's light. And then you carry that with you. Paul picked up on the theme and he says this, you are, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. That word implore means like I run, I'm running alongside you. You're like walking the race of life. I'm running alongside you, begging you, please do this. Please do this, please do this. Be reconciled to God. Look at he says again, you are, it's who you are. You are ambassadors for Christ. We are God's plan to transform our city. You are God's plan to transform your city. You're like God's plan A. And here's this, this great thing. We're simply called to be who we are. We're not called to be somebody else. We're not even called to, ultimately, ultimately as an ambassador, um, you can be an ambassador when, when you're a better version of yourself. We are an ambassador. Man, um, I grew up, when I came to know Jesus, kind of in this culture um, where at the end of a service, people would come down to make a, to a significant decision. So you could <laughs> redecorate your life for Christ. That's actually not true. Rededicate your life to, to Jesus, like saying, hey, I've been far away. Time for a little redecoration. Come forward. We'll pray for you. Um, you can come forward to say yes to Jesus. And then there's this other thing that you could come forward if you thought you were called to full-time Christian service. which is such a crappy thing because we are all called to full-time. What they meant by that is, are you gonna get paid for the, by the church to do, to do ministry? And what that does is sets up this us and them, like, oh, here's some people that are called to full-time Christian service and here's just the ordinary people, which is just a complete perversion of what it, what it means to be a follower of Jesus and to be a minister. We are all called to full-time Christian service. So if we were at one of those churches, I might say something like, hey, man, if you feel like you're called to full-time Christian service, will you raise your hand? Will you just raise your hand? Okay, some of you are paying attention. Actually, you should, like all of us should be raising our hands, so it'll make me feel way better. I'll just, I'll just, we'll roll this back and say, hey, so guys, if you're here in this room and you feel like you're called to full-time Christian service, will you just raise your hand? Yeah, it's all of us. All of us. And, and not to be somebody else. Not even, it doesn't even start when you're like an ultimately a better version of yourself. It starts now. Where, where you're at, where you, where you are. And I know that some of you, maybe all of us to an extent, just, are just saying, nah, that's not true about me though. I'm not sure that's fully true about me. Because this, because that, because this. Cause that. I'll just say real quick, no one's too old or too young. No one's too far away. No one has 
too crazy of a story. No one did something last night that, that kind of segregated you from this. No one's too far gone. And um, in case you doubt that, David, who wrote most of the Psalms, was, was in, God, God partnered with him to do incredible things. And you know when he did it? When he was really young and also when he was really old. When he was pretty innocent and actually after he'd done some pretty horrific things. It's a great example for us to just go, hey, there's, there's not an exception to this thing. And so let me give you the seven things you need to do to be, no, I'm not gonna do that really quick. Uh, what I'm, what I'm gonna do is just gonna give you some simple questions to begin to ask yourself that, that will help you step into what it means to be light, what it means uh, to partner with God. And it's just these simple questions, questions we ask all the time, actually. Why me? Why here? Why now? But mostly we ask them, like, why me? Or like, why here? Why now? Those kinds of things. So I'm just going to change. We're going to take those questions, maybe ask ourselves, and just change them a little bit. And, and maybe ask them in a couple different things. So um, in your classroom, whether you're a teacher or a student, to just know, hey, God is going to meet me here. God placed me here for a specific purpose. And now I can just ask this question, like, why me? Why now? Why, why here? What's, what's unique? What, what, what in my finiteness is meeting God and his infiniteness to be his ambassador in this classroom? Or at my job, whether you're an employer or employee, why, why me? Why here? Why now? Why am I... Why am I here? Why, why do I live on my block? Or why do I live in this building? And so in, in, in big kind of swath things, and also in every single conversation you have, right? You, you're, you interact with somebody, and, and God is at work in that conversation, and maybe just silently you can say, God, why me? Why here? Why now? Of all the people in the world you could have made to, to be your ambassador in this conversation or in this difficult thing or uh, in that little deal. Why, why me? Why here? Why now? And know that there's an answer to those things. And, and just begin to press into what that looks like. And this idea that the infinite God partners with a finite me to really transform our world, to make a difference in our world. Um, just because I'm, I'm kind of feeling the come forward kind of thing in this message. We're going to do a little thing different. So the band is going to come up real quick. Um, and uh, we're going we're gonna to have some response time. And this isn't like a, this isn't a one-size-fits-all thing. This is an individual thing. There's some different activities, some different expressions of what God might be doing in your heart as a response to this message. Uh, that might be for one person and something else for somebody else. And um, so as I explain this, don't feel like, how am, how am I going to do all of those things? That's a lot. So uh, some of you, we're going we're gonna to have uh, people up here, our prayer people, under that light and under that light. And some of you just need some prayer. Some of you just, just need someone to, to speak words of truth over you and pray for you. Um, and uh, so that's going to be that. And, and it says say yes, because I feel like, man, man, maybe there's some people that are trying to figure out what it looks like to say yes to Jesus. And these folks underneath these lights would love to have that conversation with you. If you're just like, hey, I've been trying to figure out who Jesus is. 
I'd love to know what it looks like to say yes to him. They would love to talk to you about that. So that's, that's one option, kind of a prayer and say yes thing underneath those lights. Um, this table over here is full of candles and some lit candles. Here's this cool thing. The candles are lit. You guys seen the show Alone? I, I love Alone. I've talked about that before. It's these guys in the wilderness with nothing. They have to figure out how to start fire. Um, I think sometimes when we think about being the light of the world, we think it's our responsibility to start the fire somehow. Um, we, don't, we don't have to try and figure out how to start the fire, what it looks like. The invitation is just to get close to Jesus, allow his light to shine in your life, and then you can shine in someone else's life. Just kind of like lighting a candle getting your candle lit and then just lighting a candle as a picture of like, hey, this is who I want to be in my world. Um, first service, we learned a lesson. So then people are blowing them out and putting them down and that took a lot of time. And so maybe there's also a cool expression. If you've lit a candle and you have the little main little candle lit, if there's somebody behind you just to hand that to them, just like as this invitation, like, hey, come into this thing. So that's this state, that's this thing. And then over here, it's just a bunch of cards and some pens and, uh, can't help but think that you, I know I do, I have some friends that are far from Jesus, that their life could use a little bit of Jesus, maybe a lot of Jesus, and uh, I don't think there's any such thing as accidental relationships, thinking our relationships, we can say, why me, why now, why here, what's my next conversation with this person like, what does it look like to display from them grace and love and hope, even when it's hard, what does it look like to love them, even when it's hard, and so we just invite you to write a first name on there and we're just gonna put all those first names on, on the prayer list this week and just begin to pray for them. So would you stand and I'm gonna pray and then uh, we're gonna sing a song and during that song, you can sit and sing the song, reflect. Our prayer people will be up here and here. Uh, you can do anything here and then uh, we'll close out our service. Lord, It's irrational that you're listening to us right now, but you are. Just, just, just one more display of your undescribable love and power. Lord, you know in your infiniteness what is going on in every head and every heart in this room and every head and every heart watching online. You can meet us in those spots. We asked you at the beginning, to answer that question, why us? Why are we here? What do, what do you want for us? In these moments, we just answer that question. Help us to not leave the same people we were when we came because of your truth and your love 